lunch I eat a sandwich with a glass of Coke to roll. No one can see you drinking when you're working from home. I still produce reports in a professional font. But now when I have downtime, I can do what I want. And welcome to the Existentialist Cucumber, the podcast that's recording during the summer solstice indoors away from the sun. And my name is Larry Wu. I'm Curtis Withers. Uh, at this point, we do still have like a little bit of sunlight left that I've dutifully avoided all day. <laughs> it was a hot day, wasn't it? It was too hot. Yeah. It was too hot. I burn very easily and I sweat even easier. Like I walked from uh, my my house to the, to the uh, train station to go to work this morning. So it's in the morning, um, you know, before it gets super hot. Not that far of a walk. I went at a very leisurely pace. And by the time I got on the train, just the, you know, the spotting on my underarms and stuff like it's just I just don't do well. It's just a bad it's just bad news. But unless you fall into one of these three categories, Curtis, and you were at Stonehenge this morning, either druids, pagans or new age revelers, they 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 congregate at Stonehenge during the solstice, right? Uh, that's right. They do. They do this, uh, you know, Stonehenge, a very mystical place, uh, immortalized in song, as yeah. it were. <laughs> you know, there it was. What Spinal Tap said it was made by the Druids, right? They did. I know how they danced. <laughs> and the what, the, what were they doing? And how did they get there? <laughs> Hundreds of years before the dawn of man or history of man or what was that line? Uh, it was great. Yeah, yeah. But I love the one story before because I want to talk about Spinal Tap as well. Uh, the fact that the police said that the atmosphere was uh, was was good at Stonehenge because usually, you know, it's like Druid, New Age revelers and pagans. Like what, what, what can go wrong? Apparently only two arrests, one for assault and one for drug possession. Like drug possession, duh. They only managed one arrest for drug possession. <laughs> In between wow. druids, uh, new age revelers, and pagans. Wow. How do you classify yourself as a as a druid? Um, I, I guess maybe um, you worship nature. Do druids worship nature? Well, or, or is that just know. Dungeons and Dragons? I don't know. I, I I think you have to follow the Dungeons and Dragons uh, uh, definition. Like yeah, you do, just. Do, do you, uh, do you declare yourself, self-identify as a druid, or do you actually r- rise through the ranks? I think you would have to figure out at least how to cast an entangle spell. <laughs> uh, have you ever been to Stonehenge? I have not. No. Oh, okay. I I have been, uh, but they they it was it's pretty guarded off, generally speaking. Like you can't you you can't get anywhere near the stones. But I guess for the solstice they allow a certain number to to go and see it is it is quite impressive mm-hmm. yeah i've never uh never had the chance i mean I, that's not true i've had the chance many times i lived in england for a while but I never come back. <laughs> just too, just too much of a, a tourist trap right well it is a bit of a hike like it, it, i remember taking quite a long bus ride right from london to get there right yeah yeah it's not it's not right downtown you know for me for me for me if i couldn't get there on the tube i wasn't probably going yeah <laughs> maybe downtown for the druids yeah it's downtown for the druids but they probably have some sort of like ethereal teleport spell that they use to get there that's a little too advanced for druids isn't it it'd be more like they got some kind of animal to fly them there or something it could be that too okay so uh, yeah, no one no one knows who were they who they were or what they were doing over in Stonehenge, but they but apparently according to Spinal Tap that they they built it. Yeah, uh, but then you can't really trust Spinal Tap because then when they tried to rebuild it for their stage, um, they were off. <laughs> they were off by. What was it? Not, they they built it nine inches. You said you said you wanted nine inches. Yeah, they're, they're they're saying, they built it in inches instead of feet when they they were. <laughs> drawing it on the the barroom napkin they put inches instead of feet but the model did look good (laughs) and it was in danger of being crushed by a dwarf (laughs) but uh spinal tap curtis uh obviously the the rockumentary mock rockumentary if you will of the world's loudest band uh movie by christopher guest right dave mckeon and harry sharer 
Mm-hmm. Uh, that one actually was at the helm of uh, Rob Reiner, but uh, it's uh, it's getting at almost 40 years since its initial release where it confused a whole bunch of moviegoers because people weren't used to his film style of, you know, uh, mostly ad lib. Yeah. Right. And, and it's kind of that, that, that fake documentary style. And it, I, at the time when the movie got released, I think it confused a whole bunch of people and no one went to see it. Or when they saw it, they were like, I don't get this. Like yeah. these people are horrible people. And, and if you didn't watch it with the lens that you knew this was a fake band and you totally thought this was a real band, I don't, I don't think you would get the jokes. Right. Like, I, I think that's the, the whole bit of, of all of Christopher Guest's movies. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, I think I think like uh, yeah, you you need to, you need yeah you need to sort of be uh, be in on it. It just I think it's just because like I mean there's I remember uh, Paul Schaefer plays a really ridiculous character. There's some ridiculous characters in it, but like the the guys in the band play it so straight. Like they're ridiculous people, but they play it so straight, and so does um, and so does Rob Reiner. That uh, that yeah, I guess you could look at it. And Marty DeBergi, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you could just think it's a uh, Marty DeBergi. Yeah, you could just think it's a a straight documentary. I, I didn't even really like when it came out. I think it came out in what eighty four. So I was like, I was eleven. I probably just wasn't. I, I I probably didn't have an advanced enough sort of sense of humor to get it. But uh, it wasn't until like high school. My friend Andrew was really into it and. Uh, and and we watched it, and I was like, "Oh my god, this is hilarious! Like this is this and, is so good." And, and that's the thing: the movie did. It's one of those movies that went cult classic when it came out on video, right? Like years later, people were able to get a hold of this and rewatch it with that lens of yeah. saying, "Okay, I'm in on the joke," and "Oh my god, this is fantastic." The other thing too is the songs are excellent. Like like they're they're funny, like they're parody songs or whatever. But they're also like really good sort of like like rock, hard rock song. Just look at the lyrics for Stonehenge. <laughs> the song, it's, it's ridiculous. And, and let me let me let me quote. This is one of my favorite lines. Oh, Stonehenge, where the demons dwell, where the banshees live and they do live well. <laughs> what was it the, the something about the ver- where the virgins lie and the like it's it's just like these lines about devil worship and and, and yeah. what would you, what you'd see on the side of a 70s party van airbrushed Isn't it like where the moon doth rise with a dragon's face or something like that yeah 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 exactly <laughs> or where the dewdrops cry and the cats meow yeah <laughs> yeah that was great, and I think in the uh, in the movie when they're performing it before the ill-fated uh, miniature Stonehenge uh, comes down, uh, they were all dra- they were dressed like like druids, like they had the cloaks and everything. Oh yeah, yeah, it was pretty. It was it was pretty funny. They're just like that that sort of self that is that Zeppelin esque because you know I think they were making fun of like. Battle of Evermore and those kind of songs. Well, that's the thing because this the songs like this hard like it's hard rocking, and then all of a sudden they insert this mandolin like Renaissance fair music. Oh yeah, yeah, they, it's they like add total, to total around the Maypole type of stuff. But then you go, oh right, in the seventies they did do stuff like that <laughs> at Jethro Tull, like that's straight out of the Jethro Tull playbook. Yeah, just just I I I I remember. I don't know when I. I think probably middle school. I, I think I I start. I watched it with a better sense of yeah, this is a fake band, and then you're in on because you're and then you get in on jokes, and then you get it. And even go like now with all of their other movies, like Mighty Win, Best in Show, Waiting for Guffman. Uh, I'm sure I'm missing a few. But when you watch all of those, you realize how good Spinal Tap was because Mm -hmm. they've never done a movie like that. And then they've kind of refined it as they went along making all these other ones. I'm thinking if they revisit it, and we'll talk about that in a second, I think they're going to perhaps produce a really, really good story because now that they they just know they have the formula down packed, right? Yeah, for sure. 
But uh, yeah, apparently Spinal Tap 2 is in the works for release in 2024. So at the 40th anniversary, Rob Reiner's back. He's going to be in the director's chair uh, with the three guys and I guess whoever they can get back it's hard it's hard to find a drummer um you know because they're always spontaneously combusting and apparently the actor that played the last drummer he did recently pass away (laughs) oh really yeah (laughs) not to say oh my god we're we're like not laughing at the fact but uh but then someone set up a gofundme page yeah uh for like a, a fake gofundme page for the drummer of spinal tap and they have a picture of him yeah uh forgot it forgot his name but uh oh sorry uh rick rick parnell i think that that was the character's name but any case so yeah they're gonna redo the movie apparently loosely the plot line is it wasn't sir ian right like it was ian faith ian faith so uh, yeah the actor that played him uh has indeed passed away in real life not too long ago so tony hendra so his character dies. Apparently his wife is uh, obviously gets all of his belongings and maybe the joke is he's got nothing. And all he has is a contract uh, between himself and the guys and the guys owe him one more show. Right. And of course the guys are all doing whatever. So I guess the whole movie is about trying to get them together to do one more show. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds promising. Yeah, you know, kind of... You and I were talking earlier, it's kind of Mighty Win-esque, because wasn't that the the anchoring storyline was trying to get Catherine O'Hara's character and uh, Eugene Zalevi's character to get on stage one more time? Yeah, I believe so, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, so... Yeah, Yeah, I think that would be... uh, I think it would be good. It's funny that, um, you know, between Spinal Tap... And kids in the hall, all all the uh, all all the comedies that I that I loved, sort of as a uh, as as like a fourteen to nineteen twenty year old, are all coming back, uh, and and all that all that needs to happen now is for uh, the surviving members of Monty Python to come out and do a you know Life of Brian two or something like that. <laughs> you never know, or or uh, the return to the Grail. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. King King Arthur has to uh, has to get out of prison or whatever happened at the end. But unfortunately, with Monty Python, uh, too many of them has passed have passed away, and I believe Terry Jones is suffering from dementia, or has he passed away? I think well, Graham Chapman's passed. You'd still have Michael Palin, uh, Eric Idle, and John Cleese, and so Terry Gilliam, and Terry. He's the American guy. The American guy who is sort of like the behind the scenes, like he, he's the, he was the animator yeah. that yeah, did the. Yeah. the uh, so uh, yeah, that one will be a tough one, Curtis. To try yeah. to do Monty Python on that one. Yeah. But hey, you never no, know. No. You know what? I'll, I I'm in. Like Christopher Guest's movies are all. I, I enjoy all of them. So why not revisit Spinal Tap in this capacity? 40th mm-hmm. anniversary. It'd be great because then they can inject like modern day artists to play themselves or a exaggerated version of themselves mm-hmm. yeah no there's a lot there's a lot you can do with it um yeah and i just think that uh you know those three those three guys you know they still have they still have the comic chops um uh-huh. you know so. and, and also that that style of music like let's face it no one's making that music today no one's like unless you're streaming and going through spotify like who's listening to iron maiden i don't know then <laughs> when, when when guitar hero was doing pretty well i guess like those those bands were kind of getting a bit of a resurgence did yeah. you hear by the way as a, as an aside like of, of music coming back that um uh did we talk about this before uh, kate bush's uh, uh running up that hill has gone number one in, in the UK, in, right? In the UK, yeah, because of because because it was featured on the fourth season of Stranger Things, and and I think TikTok has picked it up. So people are doing a whole bunch of TikTok. What are they? What are TikTok videos called? There's called TikTok videos, right? Yeah, doing a tick, doing doing a TikTok, doing a tick, doing a tick. 
Yeah. Uh, well, they're talking. Uh, I think that was a bad segue too, <laughs> with Kate Bush's song in the background. So it's interesting because they were, there was another article that was um, kind of mentioned about how much money this is bringing into her. And I thought, I guess, I guess radio play, because no one's buying Hounds of Love, right? Like no one's buying a CD or maybe the, the audio files might be finding a vinyl here and there, but I can't yeah. see her still like streaming revenues can't be great for her either. Yeah, I don't really know. I I, I have no idea how the business model works anymore. Yeah. I remember. Hey, good for her. Yeah. It's a good album. It's an excellent album, and that's an excellent song. And uh, yeah, I think that's, I think that's great. You know, if, uh, if, if, you know, people are, are, are discovering, you know, hidden gems from, from 20 years ago or whatever through, through TV, I'm, I'm, I'm here for it. Yeah, for sure. No, no, I, I, I did indeed read about this. Uh, so yeah, congrats, Kate Bush. But yeah, Hounds of Love, go and get it. Spinal Tap, can't can't wait, Curtis. I, yeah. I don't know how we started talking about Summer Solstice and then we started probably talking about Spinal Tap, but... Uh, oh, the two go hand in hand. Yeah, getting back to the signs of summer. So in Toronto, I don't know why anyone would ask for this, but this would be the dessert that no one asked for. Uh, summer squeeze. You can try a ketchup flavored popsicle for free this week, Curtis. Yes. So let's, let's tell everyone if you are in the Toronto area, uh, 15 York street. So Maple Leaf square gate six, uh, closer to the statue, uh, the side of closer to union station on June 23rd. So that's Thursday, which we probably won't publish this. And so you'll probably miss it on Thursday. You'll be able to go and, get one yes this. it's 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 uh it's french's i think it's is it french's yeah. doing it yeah french's uh has made a uh, a ketchup popsicle i don't know it, it dubbed, looks kind of dubbed the dubbed the french-sicle the french-sicle <laughs> I, I, like i'm i i don't know to be fair i'm not the right guy to talk about this because um i i'm not a mat like I have nothing against ketchup. It's fine on a burger or whatever. I don't seek out ketchup. You know, I don't put it on craft dinner. Yeah. I don't put it on fries. And I was telling you earlier, for the longest time, I wasn't interested at all in ketchup chips, uh, which I know is like, you know, mm-hmm. a, a Canadian delicacy. Yeah. Uh, although lately, within like the last five years, I've really come around on them. I don't know what it is or it's why, good. but... Uh, yeah, Lay's ketchup chips are, uh, you know. I, I and, and, and I think you and I were chatting. Uh, there, there's this, uh, Miss Vicky's has a spicy and sweet ketchup-flavored kettle chip. That's quite good. Yeah, that is actually very good. Uh, Doritos really has a, a, a limited edition, which usually comes out around this time, like a Dorito that's ketchup-flavored. Yeah. This year, yeah. I've never seen this before. Chester Cheetah jumping on the bandwagon. It's, it's like it's like Reese all over again. It's as if if someone was walking through the park eating uh, Cheetos, bumps into someone with an open jar of ketchup, perhaps roller skating, maybe yeah. on an electric scooter to modernize it, yeah. and the two join. So apparently, you can get this Chester Cheetah cheese ketchup flavored cheesy in the shape of a maple leaf i've seen those in stores so i I might have to try it and maybe we'll do a review i think it's pretty interesting that canada has this (laughs) reputation with ketchup with ketchup which is a very universal (laughs) condiment yeah it's it's not like it's not like canada is like has the market has the, the 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 market cornered on producing ketchup right no no apparently we have that in in mustard really i think saskatchewan produces the most mustard in the world like prepared mustard oh, i did not I, know i that. believe i believe that's the case I, someone can I fact check someone was, can fact check me i always thought it was dijon oh uh no i i would think like the the cheapy prepared mustard just oh you're just talking you're just talking about like the yellow goo yeah yeah right right yeah, yeah. maybe yeah Oh, oh, here's here's the life hack for this popsicle, Curtis. So we we go down, we'll grab some. Here's the ultimate life hack. If you're into Bloody Marys, just put it in. Right? So you make like a half Bloody Mary. You, instead of putting ice, 
and then diluting your Bloody Mary, just throw one of these popsicles in. Oh, so do you mean, okay, so you mean you have like, you have a Bloody Mary. Yep. And to keep it cool. Instead of ice. Instead of ice, you put in a a ketchup, a French sickle. That's right. Ah. With your vodka and your accoutrement. That's a good idea. I think that's a really good idea. I think that's the hack. Yeah, it keeps it cool without watering it down unnecessarily. Yeah. And then yeah. you can you can you can extrapolate that and you can use that for other drinks, right? Like you can get a strawberry daiquiri and you can throw a strawberry See, popsicle in there. That's right. So it it would act as a functional thing to the drink, plus you could also use it as a garnish, right? Yeah. Have it stick out of the stick. You could. You could. You could you could have what you would what you could do is you could even make it modular and you could have like a set of accoutrements that would fit on top of of the end of a popsicle stick so you could have like a fan you could have a sword you know those little plastic swords you used to get put maraschino cherries on and and they'd be in your drink um yeah you could you could you could uh customize so so yeah it just there, there there's a lot of possibilities with this yeah so so can you imagine showing up to there ball of vodka orange uh tomato juice Maybe a celery stick and a glass and start mixing the drink in front of you. Sir, you can't do that here. Oh, hold on. Trust me. This is going to work. Give me one of your popsicles. <laughs> yeah, I could. I, 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 yeah, I would love to do that. You stir it around. You can stir it around. Like you can, you know, it just, yeah. That's a great idea, Larry. Now, uh, a few weeks ago, I dropped off some things at your place to try out for the show. And I went down the Asian supermarket junk food aisle and I got you some Hong Kong Lays. That's uh, right. Curtis, how did, the, how did it go? So um, I believe the flavors were, were Texas barbecue and Italian red meat sauce. <laughs> so Texas barbecue was a hit. Okay. Not just with me, but also with my wife, Heather, I think might have even liked them more than me. And I liked them. Uh, so they they went down very well. I don't know what it is about them. It's not... I was expecting it to taste kind of like a knockoff of traditional mm-hmm. barbecue. But it doesn't. It tastes... It does taste different. Um, kind of almost has like a chicken-type taste to it, if, if that makes any sense. Did it Did it taste like the hickory sticks? Remember the hickory sticks? Oh, yeah. Hickory did, sticks. Did it kind of have that? Yeah, a little bit, a little I, bit. I always thought I was as a kid. I always thought that that, that I always thought that was chicken flavored, and that, that yeah. kind of has a smokiness, I guess, to it. Yeah, it does. Yeah, I forgot about hickory sticks, and I used to love those the most out of any snack. I don't Can know. Do you still get them? I think so. The thing that bothers me about them, it, it feels like it's just a chip that a bag of chips that just kind of like fell on the ground and someone stepped on it. Like you just feel like you're just just eating scraps rather than well, actually they kind of feel like they kind of feel like that but also like they might have just come from the bottom of the bag because they're like so much saltier to me than the standard <laughs> chip like it's just like they took like the 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 remnants from all these bags of of, of like other um, lesser chips of their lesser chips fried them a little bit and then serve them to you as hickory sticks. So, so, so what you're saying it's, it's like it's like the hot dog of chips. Yeah, and you know how I love hot dogs. Oh, there you go. Yeah. So, what was the what was uh, that? The other one I just got just pure on the uh, passive aggressive racist, uh, or maybe it's, maybe it's not. It's just maybe bad translation. The Italian red meat sauce, which I guess it's supposed to be like a a marinara meat sauce. Yeah, tomato sauce flavor. Yeah, yeah. It was it, it was fine. It wasn't as interesting to us. Uh um yeah, it just tastes it tastes like like a tomato ch- like a tomato flavored chip and not like a ketchup chip, like a tomato flavored chip. Ooh. Like 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 if somebody took a slice of tomato and sort of waved it across the chip a couple of times and then put it in the bag. So so is that the opportunity to have the french sickle and chase it down with those chips or was that too much tomato that'd be way too much that's way too that's way too much like acid <laughs> oh yeah that'll be bad oh yeah you, you you would just get acid reflux all night if you did that but oh. um yeah i yeah that was i mean it was fine i i, I certainly ate 
ate them all. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, well, we, yeah. We, we we really liked uh, we really liked the the Texas, the Hong Kong Lay's Hong Kong Texas barbecue flavor. Their, inter- their interpretation of what Texas their, barbecue would be their like. Their interpretation of Texas barbecue. It didn't taste like it didn't taste like Texas barbecue so much, but it did taste good. Oh, <laughs> uh, okay. Well, we're just gonna have to browse the aisle again and try to find something else for you guys to try with summer some things that kind of died this summer not people or died but uh very famous browser probably one that created the internet revolution I, it's it's been what they're almost almost reached 30 years maybe 28 years i think i calculated microsoft internet explorer finally off support off support off onlineness why i think you can still use it but you're probably getting hacked immediately the minute you, you <laughs> launch the browser at this point yeah uh ie okay yeah yeah uh sad to see you go and never used you <laughs> it is, I went, it I is went not from, since the 2000s <laughs> i would i would I, I might have used it here and there but i went essentially from netscape to firefox to chrome hmm yeah, that, that's a very common one because IE felt bloated and slow compared to the other ones because I think IE didn't do as good job caching stuff, I guess. It did feel slow. Yeah. Um, you know, like I I, I, I thought I, Firefox, uh, like the, the Netscape to Firefox jump for me was like massive. And mm-hmm. I just, I, I liked Firefox so much. I never really got an internet, uh, internet explorer. And, you know, and I still use Firefox sometimes because I find Chrome is it's the one I use the most, but it seems finicky on. There's the odd thing that really seems finicky on. Um, and so I'll use Firefox instead. Like, I don't know, maybe it's like some kind of plugin and maybe I just don't have the permissions done right. But like it's finicky in Chrome and Firefox will run it. So I keep Firefox around, but. Yeah, I never used Microsoft Edge, which is the the new one, and I never really used Internet Explorer. But Internet Explorer, you know, did have a big install base. I mean, like yep. you say, it was around for decades. Yep. Hey, what what other computer program can say that? Well, maybe yeah. Excel. <laughs> yeah, Word. Yeah. Okay. Well, <laughs> so we salute you, Internet Explorer. One thing, another app that actually went down almost the same time as IE is uh, the Canadian COVID alert app, Curtis. Did you know that it uh, it actually went offline? I did know that. Yeah, I did see the the articles on that. Were uh, you sad about that one? Ah, uh, not really. It didn't stop me from getting it. So, yeah, <laughs> uh, like didn't do his job. Well. It's it's like social media. If if you don't have people participating, it's going to be a pretty quiet, boring thing that gave me my weekly summary of oh, no new exposures. Yeah, I I knew a couple of people who got alerts oh. way back when it first started. Yeah, and I think maybe the buy-in rate was a little bit higher, um, and you know, just eventually people just forgot about it. And then like during like Omicron, when like so many people got it. Like it just, oh, it would be like a, it'd be like one of those that that those amber alerts that you get at like two in the morning. It'd yeah. just be constantly going off. Yeah, yeah. Just at, th- at that point, it just really, it just really wasn't wasn't worth it. And and you know, I don't know. I think like, you know, if you're if you the the way that the exposure works now for like most people, it's like a, it's like a five day process, right between your first positive test and getting released back into gen pop. So like, it just seems like it's not going to work fast enough for it to really be of any use at this point. But, you know, I think like in it, it's in, in it, at its inception, it seemed like a worthwhile idea, but yeah. Now, now you're just taking up valuable space on my phone. Get off. <laughs> I, I, I got, I, I took it off my phone and then all, all, all of a sudden I was able to, uh, download two more match three games <laughs> okay well that that's our uh little spotlight on summer onto the headlines a new epidemic is raging through springfield and this one didn't start with crusty burgers whatchamacarcus sandwich all right this first one this is this is kind of a sad story for some foodies right unprecedented in air quotes 
or single quotes, sriracha sauce shortage, ooh, say that a few times, may last for months. So don't panic yet, folks, or bash each other's heads in and eat the goo inside. But yes, if you're a fan of the hot sauce, uh, you're, you might want to start hoarding it. It seems like there's only one company that makes it, right? Like, it's that one with the chicken on the bottle of the rooster. Because mm-hmm. that's what's in this article. It's like, it's that rooster on the bottle. Like, I don't know. Like, like I was hoping that maybe, like, there would be a uh, sriracha sauce company waiting in the wings. Like, this is our big chance. But I guess because of the, I guess because the ing- it's the ingredient, right? It's the... Uh, it's it's one of the peppers or the pepper, I guess. That, yeah, I think yeah. they're they're having a a, a a bad crowd. I think drought in California right now. Oh, is this? Yeah, yeah. I guess they California's had problems, right? Because that's why almonds got so expensive. Mm-hmm. Like the like the the droughts. Yeah, yeah. The so, lack of water or whatever, but and I could be wrong, but so the the company you're talking about with the rooster is like uh, Hu Fong Foods. I think sriracha is their name for their hot sauce. Oh, okay. So I I guess in a way ketchup is like that too, right? Ketchup is now ubiquitous, but a whole bunch of people make ketchup. Yeah. But I don't think there's a lot of people that make sriracha, but I could be wrong. But yeah, you're right. Everybody buys the Hufang one. And yeah, just due to a lack of chili peppers. Yeah. I, I, I just, you know, just when you think that the supply chain crisis couldn't get any worse. You get this and you know, it just, it just seems to be just myriad reasons. Yeah. We can't can't get the things that we like as easily. Like, you know, you can't get PS fives. Now you can't get Sriracha. I draw a direct link. So the article quotes, chili heads didn't take the news lightly on social media with some lamenting the worst news of the year. Wow! End of of days of the Ukraine invasion, (laughs) and and well, I guess COVID and monkeypox. Yeah, this could be the worst news, right? (laughs) So yeah, others are planning to bulk buy the sauces, and as shelves ran empty. Yeah, I haven't tried to buy. We have some still. I I do like it. I like to use it in cooking. I've cooked wings with it. You know, Um, it's a. I, I find it to be a very a very versatile hot sauce. I'm not. Um, I'm not a huge fan. Now, would it be would it be unfair to kind of say since we're talking about ketchup on this episode? Is it is it spicy ketchup? Uh, like, is, that, is that is that safe to say? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I think it's sort of like that. Yeah, yeah. Because it's not deathly hot. Like no, right? no, no. It's a it's a it's a, it's a it, it's a it's a tolerable heat for sure. But it does add some kick, and I, I like the taste of it. But uh, um, you know, it seems it's one of those things. It seems like it seems like you know, restaurants and fast food places are always saying we got this new sriracha sauce for our McNuggets or whatever sriracha this sriracha that you know or and yeah, and now it's uh, you know, there's gonna be there's gonna be a shortage. In who's you know who's got the purchasing power to be able to buy what sriracha there is. It's not. It's not. It's not the. Uh, it's not you. It's not you and me. Not no. Maybe maybe Elon. <laughs> uh, yeah, if you're a fan, you might want to hoard hoard this, not toilet paper. I I, I would I would actually. You know, well, if you're gonna hoard this, then maybe hoard toilet paper. <laughs> yes, because they're not mutually exclusive. Yeah, you may find that you need that toilet paper if you're hoarding sriracha. All right. Uh, this next headline. Google engineer put on leave after saying AI chatbot has become sentient. Now, maybe maybe this guy's giving us a warning, Curtis. <laughs> I don't know, but guy not. basically this guy says that the system has a perception and the ability to express thoughts and feelings equivalent to a human child. Hmm. So is this a cover-up by Google? Is this like, uh, what, who is Skynet uh, made by? Um uh, not not maybe maybe not Whalen because that's the alien evil corporation, right? Is it Dyna, Dynastar, or Dyna, Dyna? Something Dyna. like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So maybe they're trying to hush this guy, right? Or Dyson was it? Dyson Dyson. was that the guy? Uh, that was the name it? of the yeah. That was the name of the inventor, the the black guy in T two, yeah. right? Yeah. 
Um, yeah, I don't, I, I, I don't know. Like as you said, you can find out pretty quickly if this is true, but by threatening it, right, and seeing what kind of self-preservation skills it has. Well, that's that's one take. Yeah, definitely. We're gonna we're gonna turn you off. That was the uh, the Hal thing, right? Yeah. In two thousand and one, Space Odyssey, they threatened to they threatened to turn off Hal, and Hal yeah. kind of went bonkers. Yeah. That or did Hal go out. bonkers before? I think Hal. Well, I think they were they were concerned about Hal, but then when he found out that they were trying to turn him off, then that's when he got kind of like right. lethal. He he read the lips, right? Yeah. When when they were talking. Which then in in and then in episode two they they totally discounted that in the second movie and said Hal was given orders to do something I don't know whatever. Uh, yeah. uh, but couldn't they just do a Turing test on the AI chatbot immediately to determine? Like, isn't that still the de facto test, or am I still too much in sci-fi movies and the Turing test is not uh, a, a thing? I think it's a thing. Yeah. So the Turing test is a series of questions that were developed to see if the computer doesn't know it's a computer right yeah i think you could i think you could you could apply it and then you could and then if you could threaten to shut it off <laughs> and then if it like you know tried to kill you then you know it's uh it's it, it's it's sentient it's got to have like some some you know it's got to have for it would have to have some some amount of self-worth right otherwise or self self-awareness and self-worth you know because like it would need to know it's alive and it would need to value that it's alive wouldn't it um yeah well that that's the whole definition of sentient right it's that it, it's 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 aware of its existence yeah so and, and it would want to protect it kind of like oh kind of like the covid virus right which is it's its main concern is the survival of the virus. So it's constantly infecting and becoming more and more infectious, but less lethal because it needs the host to stay alive. You kill off the host, then that's, that's counter, that's counterintuitive to the goal of survival, right? Yeah. Well, are you saying the COVID virus is sentient? Uh, no, but viruses have a one directional, it has it has self preservation. It has, it has it self preservation has, and, yeah. and and replication as yeah. a, uh, I don't know, uh, just root existence. <laughs> I don't know if it's actually thinking about replicating, but it's just <laughs> doing it right. I don't know, Curtis. I, I I I'm thinking this guy's warning us. So I don't know. Should we learn how to arm ourselves and fight against the robots? I mean, I think I think eventually we'll have to. Well, like, do you, do you think do you think humanity you know you know they, like do you think do you think that we're going to show enough restraint to oh to, God. to prevent the the eventual robot apocalypse? It's, the the interesting thing is they don't look at it they they don't they don't deem it as a humanity apocalypse, but the Spielberg movie AI remember that one? Mm-hmm. So they develop AI. And what happens is the robots all become enslaved, right? I guess some, similar to iRobot. Mm-hmm. Like all the robots are just enslaved. So it's like, but no one thinks twice about slaving, enslaving these robots because they're robots. Right. But if they're sentient beings, then you're okay with slavery. That's right. It was an interesting take on it, right? It's like how 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 like shabbily droids get treated in the Star Wars universe. Oh yeah, we you don't know. serve your kind here. Yeah. What, what are you going to serve? What are you going to serve three PO anyways? Yeah, like oil. We did take <laughs> that oil bath that one time. Yeah, so, to, so but I don't know if they consume oil. Yeah, in, in as a as a food sustenance. I've never. I haven't seen it. I haven't seen it yet. You know, I haven't seen like droids hanging around the cantina. You know. Drinking, drinking like a glass of oil with an umbrella in it or anything like yeah. that. Well, the next story does talk about sentient beings. And I have to try to say this headline without laughing. It's a tragic headline, but I, I have to try to say it with a straight face. Elephant kills woman and returns to her funeral to attack her corpse. Yes. Yes, the vengeance of the elephant. And the elephant always remembers, right? Yes. And 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 uh, revenge is a dish best served cold. 
<laughs> so like i think like because because you know this story has been in a i think in a couple of publications or it's been making yep. the rounds yeah, it's, like it's been making rounds yeah yeah so obviously it's you know it's sad that somebody died um and then that the elephants invaded the funeral and and you know caused caused some havoc but uh, it is what is interesting and this has come up it's like this seems to be like a targeted attack right because didn't didn't they also like once they kind of cleared once they attacked the 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 funeral and everybody ran that they went and they destroyed this woman's house oh yeah so so let's 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 retrace the timeline here curtis so 68 year uh old woman in india so these are uh indian elephants uh was down by the uh, i guess the the lake near the village collecting water where a herd of elephants came her way, that's when she tried to flee, but one of the elephants rushed towards her and trampled her. She was rushed to the hospital, died of her injuries. The family brought the body home to for funeral preparations to take place that evening. That's when they did the ceremony at the home, and that's when the elephants appeared from the forest, sending the villagers like scurrying. And they left the body behind. So as a result of leaving the body behind, the, the one of the elephants was reported attacking the woman's corpse by picking it up the body and throwing it in the air, like almost cartoonish. Yeah. Like when I'm reading this article, I can, I can just, all I'm seeing is like a Looney Tunes cartoon or uh, what was it? That episode of the Simpsons with Stampy. Stampy. Yeah. Giving people headbutts. Yeah. Then the herd of elephants can be seen at the edge of the forest with one of the one chasing the villagers. So this is apparently they have some video. And then the herd went and destroyed the home. So because of the, right, the ceremony, the body, like I don't think the elephants knew like that was her home. I think it was just the body was there and that was the structure. Yeah. And you're an elephant. Like, what do you care? It's it's a clay home or whatever. Yeah. So they destroyed the home with three other houses being damaged because of the attack. You know, who knows? They're elephants. You can't really, you can't claim to know the mind of an elephant as much as we would like to. But, um, you know, it does seem quite specific, right? That they would attack, you know, I don't, elephants aren't like, super aggressive or predatory no they're in fact quite the opposite they are quite peaceful but they are very protective of the herd yeah so you know one of the you know one of the hypotheses is that she was maybe a poacher or had wronged like elephants in some way and you know was identified by by these elephants and 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 it was like you know, a revenge, <laughs> revenge hit. I don't know. But, uh, yeah. like, but like just the specificity of attacking her and then coming and attacking Fighting the, corpse. the corpse. And it sounds like, you know, <laughs> that like the one of the elephant kind of herds the other people away while <laughs> then the 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 uh, elephant attacks the corpse and then the elephants come in and destroy the home. That's why, that's how I'm picturing it. I'm picturing yeah. it like, you know, they didn't really want to hurt other people, but they really wanted to hurt this, this person and they succeeded. Oh boy. One. Yeah. The next, uh, headline. I, I think we couldn't fit one in through a drive through, but is it, illegal to text in a tim hortons drive-thru curtis i guess it depends on what province you're in yep so an alberta man was just fined 300 dollars for texting in a tim hortons drive-thru and i guess people are wondering can it happen on ontario so spoiler alert before we talk into why this is good or bad or why you would want to do that uh in ontario the highway traffic act does not apply on private property, which the drive-through is part of. So if a cop happens to be behind you and you're texting, looking at your phone and not advancing, because I think that would be the more egregious crime 
is just not advancing in a drive-through. You're already mm-hmm. like a well, Tim Hortons drive-through is bad enough. Yeah, and and, and there's there's a there's an unspoken you know rule of you got to keep the line moving. So if 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 you were a cop behind someone who's texting and they and clearly they have lane to move up and you don't do anything, yeah, I'd give them a ticket too. Yeah. Um, it's interesting because like I just I just think like first of all, I think to get caught um you know, texting in a drive through is 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 just some unfortunate an unfortunate case of like misadventure, right? Because like, I, I, I would find it hard to believe given the amount of drive throughs that there are, that there's, that there are cops like scoping these places out. There was probably just a cop getting a coffee, I guess, and just happened to see somebody texting in the drive through. I worked at the, at, at McDonald's, um, as I, as I've brought up before on the show as a teenager. And I've worked the drive through a couple of times and when you're going through the drive-thru, like people are are fumbling around for maybe less so now with with people play, buying everything on 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 plastic plastic like contactless with just the tap. But like when I worked there, people are fumbling around for change. They're fumbling to keep the kids from misbehaving. They're doing all this kind of stuff, stuff that's probably more of a distraction than doing like a quick text and you're, you're going through this thing. You're mostly stopped. And if you're, and if you're moving forward, you're doing so, uh, at a snail's pace. Now, sure. You could get distracted with a text and you could rear end somebody. I think even then you're going. So you're not really putting on the gas, right? You're either braking or you're taking your foot off the brake and crawling along until you pick up your, mm-hmm. your meal. It just seems I don't know. It just seems like one of those annoying sort of laws that you just get annoyed with police when they catch you for it. It's like when I used to live uh, on Markham Street in Toronto and it was a one way street and I had a car back then and you could you could park your car on one side of the street for half for for uh, half of the month and then the other side of the street for half of the month. And if and there was no grace period, so oftentimes you'd wake up at like six in the morning to go to work and you'd have a ticket because you didn't get up at like midnight and move your car oh, to the other side. And that's the kind of chintzy sort of crap that this reminds me that, of. That's, that's vindictive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but yeah, apparently it is true because in Alberta's traffic law, the Traffic Safety Act does apply on private property. So if you're in Alberta... Don't do it. Yeah. Even if you're asking whoever, what's what's your order? Or what would you like? I'm in Tim Hortons drive-thru. I don't really understand Tim Hortons drive-thru because it's not like Tim Hortons takes a long time and you're carrying a lot. Like, I, I guess I don't see. I think I, I think it's just you don't want to see another human being. Ah, that's that's the key. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I think so. I think you're right. I think yeah. you're right. Lot, people, people will end up doing things that take more time. So that you don't have to see another human being. Just, just to do, yeah. You know, I, I did that the other day because I was really upset that I couldn't uh, do something online or through a chat. And I went, oh my God, I have to call to talk to a human being. Did you know uh, that uh, Cineplex, by the way, um, as, as sort of like a, in a lateral sort of uh, move here, is going to charge a $1.50 surcharge per ticket going forward if you want to buy tickets online? I, I did. Apparently, they are deeming it as a high tech investment charge. Right? Is that is that how they're positioning it? I forget what uh, it sounds like. The kind of euphemism they would use. Yeah, yeah, yeah. something like that. Yeah. So Cineplex adds a dollar fifty booking fee for online ticket purchases to further invest in digital infrastructure. Yeah. Yeah. Give me a break. <laughs> I like buying tickets online. But uh, but like that's like a ten ten percent surcharge, yeah. Right, a buck fifty, oh, yeah. a ten percent surcharge. And the app is okay, but I I better be getting, I better be getting that Google AI chatbot talking to me and buying tickets for me. <laughs> but here's someone that could use some additional surcharges, Curtis. So uh, we talked about this before when the Russian sanctions came in about the car company Lada. 
We don't really see too many of them in Canada anymore, but no. Headline is Kremlin tries to look immune to sanctions, but new Russian cars show cracks in the facade. Yes. So apparently the automotive industry is getting hit by the sanctions, especially our Lada brand. As a result, the company's affordable four-door passenger car, the Lada Granta, will no longer feature airbags, anti-lock brake system, electronic stability control, or emergency retraction locks on the seatbelts. And I got to admit, the last time I saw a Lada, which, you know, um, to be fair, was probably in like 1987 or 1988. Yeah, the Lada Neva. Right? It, had, it had none of these things. <laughs> so, so really... <laughs> It's like, they, classic, they just, it's like classic Lada. It's like classic Coke, right? But in Lada form. What was that? What was their SUV called? Was it called the Cossack? I'm pretty sure it was. Oh, I think it might have been. <laughs> Out of all of them. Okay. Anti-lock brakes, sure. Airbags, uh, sure. Your insurance company. The one that I thought is the emergency retraction locks on seatbelts. So doesn't that render seatbelts useless if they don't lock? <laughs> like, Yeah. <laughs> It yeah. prevents you maybe be being thrown out of, but it doesn't stop. Like you, your your head's still hitting that that windshield. So, so this means like the buckle will still work, but the strap won't work, right? Yeah, you know when you, yeah. when you quickly yank on your um, yeah yeah uh, seatbelt, it, it it locks. So right, that's yeah. what they're saying that the Ladas no longer include that. Yeah, feature. Yeah, apparently it's it's a feature over there. I would say it's required, but. Yeah, and then so yeah, you compound that with no airbags, and um, yeah, you're, you're kind of screwed if you get in an accident. Put it in H, Curtis. Put yes, it in that's H. Right, crazy, crazy Vaclav. Yep. Uh, okay, we got time for one more story. Oh, we always have time for a good old crypto story, right, Curtis? So, how the crypto market came crashing down. So this has been going on when historic high inflation interest rates are going up and the folks that were first all touting how great crypto is going to be thought that it was immune to inflationary effects. Well, that's not true. People started yanking money out of crypto and I believe it was Celsius Network actually announced that it will be pausing all withdrawals and transfers. Yeah. So how, how how do you like that? Like, imagine being in a imagine being on a roller coaster, strapped in. That's just and it's just a hill. It's like the hill on the behemoth. Yeah, and you're strapped in. You can't get out. It won't let you get out. Mm. That's what this is like. This is like crazy. So you can't you can't you can't get out of it. It's the it's the escalator that goes nowhere. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, like, like, like I've said before, like, I don't really know, I don't know much about finance and I don't know much about cryptocurrency, but I've always said, like, it just seems like a bad idea. And it just seems like every news story that comes up about it seems to back me up on that, you know, it just seems weird, right? Like, like, what was that? What, uh, what was it about this, um, eclipse? Was it called? Yep. They yep. had what was it that they said that they were that they that they were offering? They 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 said that they were offering an eighteen point two percent return on investment, and and that's not all because the a huge chunk was purchased by the Quebec Public Servants Pension Company, right? Yeah, they bought they bought a, a bunch. Like, well, how much? How much? Like four. So like a $400,000 investment or a $4 million investment. Obviously, mm-hmm. those are two very different numbers. <laughs> I forget which one it is. Um, and, uh, and, and the other thing, if, if, you know, back, back me up on this, Larry, if I'm right, they were offering loans with interest rates of 0.1%. 0.1%. That's, uh, that, that, I, I don't think I get that. I didn't think I'd get that from my parents. <laughs> You, you definitely would. You, you def- definitely not. Definitely not. So you're you're correct. Uh, the Quebec Pension Fund 
gave them $400 million. I was way off. I was way off. (laughs) So it also, it all, it promised its customers huge returns on their deposits as much as 18.6% annually. At the same time, it also offered loans as low, as little as, as you were correct there, 0.1% so interest annually. So like, and I know it's a cliche, but like, I think it's true in this case. Like if it seems too good to be true, it probably is, you know, it just, I I just, I just, every time I see this stories about crypto, it seems to be people just looking for that way to hit the home run without having to really do anything. You'll love this. The quote is, you need to be prepared for the volatility, like all risk assets, and you need to be very cautious when promoters of certain acid crypto assets, man, that doesn't sound good, acid crypto assets are making claims about their stability or making claims about their guaranteed yields. This is even worse because now the platforms won't let me withdraw or, or pull out, and I'm just watching it free fall. I just don't know how that's... How 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 that's legal, even decentralized, <laughs> unregulated. Yeah, this is the problem. This is what happens when something's unregulated, right? Yeah, like that's crazy to think that you can't get your money out if you want to. Well, it's it's no different if you go to an unregulated like cockfight and you win, and the promoter refused to give you your money for your winnings. Yeah, what are you gonna do? You gonna complain to the cops? You're you going to complain to the Ontario Gaming Board or yeah. Lottery and Commission? Take it up with the with the uh, yeah. Take it up with the cockfighters. Uh, <laughs> the cockfighters Commission. Oh yeah. God. Okay, that that was the headlines. Uh, just an announcement for uh, the listeners: Curtis and I will be taking a small little break. This will be our summer break. We'll be back in August with. Uh, renewed vigor and maybe some new video game news and all that well i have one video game uh topic i finally went back to play resident evil the remake on playstation 5 Mm -hmm. uh after i started playstation 4 finished it then i finished it with claire so i finished both and then of course just as i finish it capcom releases a ps5 version of the game uh, which is free for me and i was just like oh crap (laughs) but I still loaded it, had a look at it. It's it's pretty impressive what they can do now. Like I, I you look at the models, it looks very less plasticky. Everything's got this, you know, natural lighting glare to it. Um but uh now that I've finished that, I think I'm on to Ghosts of Tsushima. So now it's like kind of catching up to almost modern day games, Curtis. Yeah. But I've decided that I am not going back to Death Stranding. I refuse to because I, I, I went back and I, I said, what was this game? And I thought, okay, no, I can't be bothered to deal with managing my inventory in a physical space, <laughs> sliding down a hill because I'm unbalanced. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, just trying to like... And then you lose all your crap. Yeah. Yeah, while listening to to the most emo soundtrack of all time. Yeah, I I want Resident Evil inventory management where I can carry all this crap and then I have this chest that follows me around the entire game where I can store my excess crap into it and it just magically appears. (laughs) Or Cyberpunk where where you can carry like no fewer than 20 guns on your person. And and a whole bunch of tacos or a burritos. Bunch of ta- yeah, yeah, burritos. yes, yeah. Guns, you can you can have on your person at any time available whenever you want. You can have about twenty guns. You can have like five shirts, fifteen pairs of sunglasses, a whole a, a whole cantina's worth of snacks. <laughs> Yeah, it's great. You hear, that Ko- you hear that, Kojima? That's what the that's the type of inventory management I want in a video game. Yeah. Not this. Oh, I'm gonna stack this on my belt, stack this on my back, put it in the front, put it on my shoulder. Remember, you you could put it like a box on your shoulder. And I, when I did that the first time, I was like, that seems ridiculous. And then the first time you walk off camber, yeah. and you start sliding down as a result of imbalancing <laughs> that, I just kind of went, okay, I'm out. Yeah. I'm out. 
Yeah, yeah, inventory Tetris. Well, when when the game literally is a a giant FedEx mission. Yeah. With emo music. Yeah. And I have to balance all the crap on my my body. Yeah. I I still I I still will always and I'll and I'll say this I'll I'll, t- I'll die on this hill like props to Kojima for making these movies or these games, but like you know I I can I can sort of respect <laughs> respect the sort of like the the sort of like auteur's vision without having to put myself through it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That's all I'm asking. Come on, I I I don't want to do this in real life. Come on. <laughs> I, I I'm just waiting for the first person I see at some kind of convention. Uh, cosplaying as Norman Reedus's character, and with yeah. boxes on his arms and oh, walking yeah, in balance and constantly <laughs> picking up stuff. <laughs> That'd be hilarious. I, I I think that's I think that and my French sickle uh, ice cube trick hack. I think I think those are my two 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 things I'll I'll just retire on. Yeah, you yeah. It's a good time to break. Yeah, you've had some 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 good ideas, some good ideas to ponder heading into the break. Yeah, I'll, I'll give myself a ding on that one. Yeah. So you can catch Curtis and I usually weekly on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, but let's just say you can catch us anywhere where you get your podcast um, and where you can leave a rating, hit that subscribe button, or leave a comment. Please do. It will help others find our little podcast. Curtis, any last words before we hit our summer break? I was happy to to hear that uh, they have a release date for the next uh, phase of the Final Fantasy VII remake, and then I was dismayed to hear that it's winter twenty twenty three. Oh, <laughs> oh, that hurts. That hurts. Well. You got uh, some other stuff to play in the meantime, Curtis. But uh, And don't forget, folks, to ration that sriracha. And just remember that sometimes a cucumber is just a cucumber. While I'm working from home.